From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. It is so good to be with you. Thanks for hanging out with me. You're great company. Tonight, uh, you're going to take this show just about anywhere you want to take it because it's open lines for the first hour of the program. It's not something we do a lot of, but tonight is the night. And here are the numbers. 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area. Again, 416-360-0740. And toll free from just about anywhere. And I mean anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. 740. That's right. Open lines. Uh, Ian Robertson is here, fresh from his East Coast tour with his rockabilly band, Grease Marks. Great name. You are the drummer? Is that right, Ian? All right. Uh, Albert Vinzel is here, running our Hangout on Air. And if you want to watch the live stream of the program, just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. Let me spell the last name for you. S as in Simon. Y. R-E-T is in Tom, T is in Tom, at Richard Serrett. You just click on the HOA link. That's the uh, the tweet at the top of the feed. And El- Albert has, uh, per usual, posted his usual assortment of fascinating tidbits and stories in the slide carousel up at the website, strangeplanet.ca. Or, if you'd rather, strangeplanet.tv. Both of those will work. That's our new landing page, Strange Planet. And then you just go to the radio page, and you're in. A reminder, uh, once again, that Season 4 of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, the TV program now, I'm talking about the television program, it's going to debut. Season 4 will debut across Canada on Vision TV. Uh, and I still don't have an exact uh, air date, uh, but uh, it is, I believe, slated for the fall. And uh, I will get that to you as soon as I can, an exact air date. Season 4 of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, the television program uh, coming soon to Vision TV. And uh, thanks to executive producer Moses Neimer and uh, everyone for Vision, for their vision uh, and all of their support and guidance uh, over the years. Uh, This marks, this month rather, uh, marks the 10th anniversary of the uh, Honorable Paul Hellyer's UFO speech. Some would say groundbreaking UFO speech at the University of Toronto. Uh, he, of course, Canada's former deputy prime minister and former minister of defense. He came out publicly and announced that he is convinced that UFOs and ETs are real, just as real as the planes flying over your head, I believe was the exact quote, uh, and uh, that are, they are not only visiting the planet, but are interacting with human civilization. And he he became, at that time, the first person of cabinet rank in the G8 group of countries to go public. Uh, and as I say, in the, uh, in the world of ufology, this was a huge deal. It really was. Uh, and uh, Victor Vigiani from Zealand News Network, who uh, joins us from time to time on The Conspiracy Show, uh, was really, we have to give credit uh, to him, he was the uh, the man responsible for convincing Paul Hellyer to go public. Uh, Hellyer was very hesitant to do so uh, for quite some time. 
And uh, the, Hellyer, uh, while he was defense minister, he really had no u- interest in UFOs, no real knowledge of them. And it was only many years uh, later that uh, he happened to read Colonel Philip Corso's The Day After Roswell and made some inquiries with some brass, military brass in the United States, who he says uh, confirmed everything in Corso's book. Uh, but it was Victor who kept Adam and uh, with gentle and persistent uh, persuasion. And finally, he did. He convinced Hellyer to speak, and that happened 10 years ago this month. I don't know the exact date, uh, but it's in and around right now. Uh, we'll, we'll have to get uh, Mr. Hellyer back on the program. Uh, he is now 92 years old, uh, but uh, still, in, in uh, from what I understand, incredible health. Very tall gentleman. Uh, just great presence and posture. Uh, so we look forward to having him on the program again soon, maybe after the federal election up here. Uh, we are also just a couple of weeks away from the last of the four blood moons. We've had three of them, and we will have the fourth to complete the tetrad. Uh, that's That'll be four blood moons over the last 18 months, and that's going to happen, the last one, on September the 28th. They began in April 5th, on April 15th of last year, uh, which was followed by another red-colored lunar eclipse on October the, 11th, uh, October the 8th of last year, and then a, th- uh, a third on April the 4th of this year. So the fourth in the series of blood moons, uh, which have had six full moons in between, which is interesting, uh, it, it's all set to happen again on September the 28th. And uh, this incredible alignment of blood moons has only happened a handful of times in the last 2,000 years. Uh, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but the uh, the whole subject of blood moons and the mystery of the Shemitah and harbingers, which we've discussed on the program with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, uh, this has become the number one search engine topic over the last several weeks as we approach the 28th. Something like one in ten, one in every ten internet searches had to do with this subject. I mean, it is incredible. It's on, the, the, the internet is on fire uh, with, uh, with this discussion. Uh, now, uh, the, the idea here is, and a number of, of prophets and a number of end-time scholars have warned that this time, this the final uh, blood moon, which uh, coincides with the the 29th of Elul, and more on that later, this is going to uh, coincide, supposedly, perhaps, with some huge calamity. It could be natural, could be man-made, could be an economic collapse, war, terror attack, who knows? And as I say, this has all been happening at the same time as the uh, the Shemitah, the seven-year biblical cycle, which is quite a fascinating subject all on its own. The uh, the Shemitah year is the seventh year of the uh, seven-year agricultural cycle mandated by the Torah for the land of Israel, and it's still observed in contemporary Judaism. Uh, when Moses received the Levitical law, God gave the commandment to rest on the seventh day, the Sabbath, right? Moses also applied the cycles of seven to weeks and years. So a cycle of seven weeks points to the 50th day, called Pentecost. And a cycle of seven sets of seven years points to the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, 
And the year of Jubilee is based on letting the land rest every seven years. And also it, it has to do with the, the forgiveness of debt. So if money is owed, it's all wiped, the slates are wiped clean. So every seventh year, the Shemitah or Sabbath year, uh, would cause the land to rest when sowing and reaping. Buying and selling would, would come to a standstill. And, and the Shemitah is also unique in that it specifically affects the nation's economic and financial realms. As I say, it wipes out all accounts of credit and debt. However, for the nation that departs from God, this is the warning, from the nation that departs from God, the Shemitah becomes a sign of judgment. And this was the discussion in, or the subject addressed in uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn's book, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and, and previous to that, The Harbinger. And the year, the year of the Shemitah reaches its culmination on the last day of the Hebrew year. Now, those of you keeping score, at sunset tonight, marked the 29th of Elul in the Hebrew calendar. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year. So we are in the midst of it. So what happened in the last two Shemitah years? The uh, Shemitah year of 2001, America was attacked by radical Islamic terrorists. Quote, end quote. Nearly 3,000 people died on 9-11. That happened on the Shemitah year of 2001. The Shemitah year of 2008, America experienced a stock market crash. This was on September the 29th. The market fell 777 points in one day. The greatest one-day decline in the history of Wall Street. Again, all this happening on the 29th of Elul which is the day preceding the seventh month on the Hebrew calendar. Just as the crash of the stock markets of 2008 was also the aftershock of 9-11, the extended aftershock correlated with Isaiah 9-10. And these two events were tied together. Seems to be impossible to unravel. Seven years apart. It goes on and on, if you're familiar with Jonathan Kahn's work. Uh, again, the two greatest stock market crashes America has ever known, both taking place on the exact biblical day, separated by the exact period of time ordained in the Bible, seven years to the day. Both occurring on the one biblical day appointed for the wiping out of credit and debt. A coincidence? Well, as I say, 29th of Elul, sunset last night. Uh, Happy New Year to all of my Jewish friends and listeners. Rosh Hashanah. Well, the uh, the stock market was uh, closed today. Let's see what the uh, the morning brings, shall we? Uh, here's something that's interesting. And let me remind you, open lines now until the top of the hour. I'll give you these phone numbers once again. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. And toll free from out of town, one 866 740 Here's something else that's interesting, and I'm sure you took note of this in the final days of the Shemitah. On the anniversary of 9-11, we had that horrible crane collapse at the Grand Mosque in Mecca, killing at least 107 people. This crane, incidentally, apparently, according to the reports I've read, was owned by the Bin Laden family. Again, happened on 9-11, crane collapse in Mecca, killing 107 people owned by the Bin Laden family. While around the same time, 
across the pond in New York City, a double rainbow was stretching across Manhattan skyline. Timing of these incidents, quite unsettling, really. All right. Open lines. You tell me where you want to go, and we'll do just that. When The Conspiracy Show continues in a moment, my name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. We don't do this very often. We really don't. Uh, open up the lines for you. I don't know if there's something wrong with the phones, uh, but they're not ringing, folks. Uh, and uh, this this type of uh, event doesn't come around very often. So if you want to uh, weigh in with something, as long as it's in keeping with the uh, the spirit of the program, of course, we discuss conspiracies and the paranormal. Uh, I suppose we sort of branch out into... Uh, other areas. I mean, we, we paint on a pretty broad canvas here on the program. Oh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about and have wanted to talk about for some time was what's going on down in the United States and what I, what I see as probably the most fascinating, um, a presidential primary, uh, season ever in history with, uh, with Donald Trump. Again, this is not a political show. Um, and quite frankly, I'd much rather talk about that than I may take, take some heat for this. But the uh, the election up here in Canada, which is several weeks away, uh, a never-ending campaign. I cannot recall a more low-energy, uninspired campaign in my lifetime up here in Canada. But south of the border, have you seen the latest polls? In the latest polls, assuming Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination, he beats Hillary head-to-head. He now beats Hillary Clinton. Now, had, had someone suggested that six weeks ago, even four weeks ago, they would have been laughed out of the room. This is real. He could win the White House. This is no longer a joke. So uh, we can talk about that because the implications to me are astounding. I mean, this is potentially historical. I mean, this is groundbreaking stuff because Clint, or, uh, rather uh, Donald Trump, love him or hate him, what he has managed to do, in my mind, is break the hold that the political elites, Republican and Democrat, smash their hold on the electoral system. He doesn't need their money. So we can talk about that as uh, as well. All right. We have uh, Andrew is in Palmerston, Ontario. Andrew, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Thank you. Fine. Uh, my question is, um, all this money that's being collected and spent to find aliens in space. What do you uh, mean money that's being collected? Well, it's because don't they have SETI? What is this SETI? That, right, uh, right. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how they're funded, but it's not a government program. But, uh, okay, there's SETI, and then, of course, there's uh, Stephen Hawking's initiative with this Russian billionaire that are attempting to do the same thing. Right. I think it's kind of ridiculous, and it's an insult to people's intelligence when we know that there are aliens working with government military, and they're trying to tell us that they're looking for aliens? Isn't that a kind of a slap in the face and thinking people are dumb? Well, <laughs> to some people, Andrew, it certainly is. But for, for many others, uh, you know, that's not 
a conclusion that they would draw. Uh, they don't necessarily subscribe to that notion that E.T. is here, he's inter- interacting with with human civilization. Not everyone sees it that way. Well, uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on it? Don't you think that reliable pilots who have seen UFOs and alien craft and, and have specified uh, in their reports that it was, occurred, do you think those people are not... Are you reputable? I do. I think that I think the phenomenon is real. The question is, you know, what are they and where do they come from? And I, I happen to be one who does not subscribe. And I know, again, this gets you, this will get me stricken off some Christmas card lists uh, out there in the uh, the UFO community. But I do not subscribe to the notion that they are extraterrestrial. Well, Paul Hellyer, who was a former defense minister, claimed that uh, we have aliens working with yes. the military in the U.S. Now I. You know, uh, do you what? What do you think? Should you believe what he's saying, or is he lying? Uh, no, I don't think he's lying. I think he believes that. And I and uh, the question is, you know, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about extraterrestrials? Or are we talking about something else? Something perhaps interdimensional? Well, if we had a, a Roswell where you, where craft had crashed during an electrical storm and bodies were recovered, now how much more evidence do you need that uh, there are aliens? Uh, and uh, we have their craft. Well, that's assuming that everything we've heard about Roswell is true, and and that's what Paul Heller was saying that that uh, everything that was in Phil Corso's book, The Day After Roswell, he says he has it on good authority from military brass in the United States. I'd like to know who he talked to. Um, now, I let, let's face it, there are some problems with with Colonel Philip Corso. He wasn't necessarily exactly who he claimed he was in terms of, I mean. I suppose that's an arguable point. Uh, what I've what I've discovered about reading about Phil Corso is that he was he was given to uh, exaggeration at times in terms of the his, o- the in, only, his influence. The uh, only reason I can see that the military would withhold this free energy is that uh, they would be worried that perhaps Arab states would uh, take that uh, ability to. Uh, uh, cause harm to the U.S., and that's why they don't want to reveal the new ways of propulsion. Well, that is sort of one of the official, or not one of the official, one of the theories as to you know why we have uh, this uh, lid of secrecy, that it has to do with the suppression of free energy. And the only thing I, I would like to add to this to you tonight is that you're doing really an interesting program, and I uh, thank you for doing it. I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, for checking in from Palmerston, Ontario, Andrew. Thanks. You have a good night, a good morning. There goes Andrew. All right. Uh, you know who I want to get in here that um, has not been heard on the airwaves, although he's been working with me for some time? And it's uh, Albert Vinzel, who is my uh, my long-suffering, hard-working uh, story producer, who joined me as an intern. Um, what, about, has it been about a, a year and a half, Albert? Almost two years now, yeah. Almost oh. two years. And I got to say, you're doing terrific work. And I thought, you know, people should hear from you. So I wanted you to get on the air, and and I think we're going to institute a semi-regular feature here. We'll do sort of a mailbag, uh, because I've had some email and some letters piling up. So I thought I thought we could have you be the voice of this segment, Albert. And uh, do you have a couple of emails and letters there? Okay, thanks. Yeah, I pulled three out of the bin, and there are three good ones. Our first one is from a past guest, Archbishop Ron Fail, and it's a thank you letter. It says, um, I wanted to thank you for your professional interviewing skills and for asking all, all the right questions when I was on your show. There were 19 people who were listening to the show contact us for help. 
We should just uh, just let me interrupt, uh, Albert. We should we should point out those who didn't listen to that program. Archbishop uh, Fail uh, came on to talk about uh, exorcisms, uh, and so he's saying that after appearing on this program, 19 of our listeners reached out to him because supposedly or presumably they had some sort of uh, I don't know possession possession or or or, or uh, sup, uh, oppression or possession. Fascinating. All right. And it goes on, as I said before, this is the reason why I do these radio interviews. Thank you once again. In his service, Archbishop Ron Fail. All right. Order of Exorcists. Our, the other letter comes from good old snail mail, and it's, it goes, Dear Richard, Sir Rodney Biffdark of the British Astronomy Society says scientists are on the verge of locating where heaven is in outer space, and soon people will be able to travel to heaven without the pain and discomfort of dying. Once they meet God, they will be granted everlasting life and will be free to travel back and forth between heaven and earth. Yours truly, Kingsley. Kingsley. I, I, I left out the last name. I, I'm, we, we checked if there is such an astronomer, and I, I couldn't find anyone named uh, uh, Rodney Biffdark. Rodney Biffdark. It sounds, yeah, that sounds a little uh, satirical. Uh, I noticed, uh, I, I, now the, the actual name on the, on the letter, you can read it, Albert. Oh, okay, it's um, yours truly, Kingsley Dwerbsniffy. Dwerbsniffy. All right. <laughs> All right, not his real name. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, uh, that's I think a little uh, a little tongue in cheek. He wrote that letter. However, that's amusing. Uh, and you had one more quickly, and then we'll move on to some calls. Sure. And the last one is uh, on a more serious note, and it comes from a targeted individual who heard the show with Michael Fitzhugh Bell. Mm-hmm. It says, "Dear Mr. Sirrett, I am currently targeted and have been for a little over a year now." Even though the stalking aspect began many years ago, I didn't realize it. I love your comparison of TIs with exorcism, because that's absolutely what it is. It's like an organized murder. I was followed by police officers and abducted and diagnosed with so many different things. It's just an organized way to discredit someone for life. It's pretty terrifying. Then the letter is fairly long, but I uh, abbreviate parts of it. And he goes on to alleviate the symptoms is by electromagnetic shielding. Um, And that's the solution he would recommend to anyone who believes they're targeted. And he says you can shield yourselves from these weapons via Faraday cages and Faraday suits. All right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's typical. I get, uh, as I, I think I mentioned last week or the week before, I get one of those letters just about every week now or emails. Albert Vinzel from uh, uh, the mailbag. Thank you for that, Albert. All right. Let's, uh, let's say hi to Bud, who is in Boston. Hey, Bud. Welcome. Good morning. Hey, uh, good evening. Or good evening. Uh, you have a wonderful show. I discovered you on drives between Boston and Toronto, and uh, just fantastic. Oh. Uh, you're, uh, I think, a highly talented interviewer. I appreciate and, uh, it. Uh, but, but forgive the intrusion for one second, because I just you just prompted a, um, something that I, for, I, forget, I forgot to mention. You're in Boston, and tonight I was supposed to and forgot announce a new affiliate uh, that we have. It's WNTN1550. In uh, Boston, I think the transmitter is actually in Newton, which isn't too far. Uh, that's uh, WNTN in Boston. So you'll you well, should be I'm, able. To... I'm going to do a test. 
and see if I can uh, pull that in from where I live. All right. It, now, they do play the, the program delayed, so um, I'm not sure exactly what day. You'll have to check their program schedule. Well, that, sound, that sounds great, though. Uh, Boston uh, needs a guy like you, and you do a wonderful job on the coast also. I appreciate that. Uh, so I, I, anyway, I wanted to, to give you a little color on this uh, political situation. And uh, when I, what I said to your uh, your call screener first was I said if there's if there's any particular paranormal activity, it's where Donald Trump is right now in the election cycle. <laughs> and uh, it is it, it is amazing, isn't it? It is and, amazing. And it, you know, I, I do a lot of work on uh, kind of market demographics and things in my regular uh, job, and uh, there, there's something definitely going on here in the U.S. in terms of the general population and their sentiment, and I think the mainstream politicians didn't catch on to it until things like a Gallup poll, I think, that was released recently said that, like, something like two-thirds of um, Hispanics in America um, are upset with the current immigration policy. Things like that are kind of under the surface and roiling the situation. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why a fellow like Trump is where he is, whereas you've got guys like Bobby Jindal, who's a fairly conservative guy, but not popular, but very eloquent, well-spoken, thoughtful. And, and then you've got, uh, you know, your kind of more mainstream guys, some of the, you know, a couple of the senators who are out, out there. Lindsey Graham. Who's, and on the dem- yeah, yeah. yeah, and on the Democratic side, boy, th- those are... I, I haven't seen the Democratic Party in disarray like this probably in 30 or 40 years. It's just, just unbelievable. I don't think Hillary's going to make it. I really don't. It, it sure it sure looks pretty pretty dicey for her, and uh, you know, and and you know, it's hard to tell what the what the real perspective is on 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 when the mainstream media covers a lot of the incidents uh, around her. You know, uh, but you know what. Sometimes you, know, you, you can do something that's just plain dumb, like uh, using a private email server, and, and that that doesn't help you at all in the public perception of your candidacy. And I uh, true, and I think that's the least of her problems, quite frankly. I think yeah. I think a, a far more serious problem is there is a court case looming um, dealing with an arms trader. Uh, And that has to do with Benghazi and whether or not he was given a tacit approval by the State Department under Hillary, uh, because I I think that's what the the raid on Benghazi was all about. And I think uh, it had to do with running arms out of uh, that uh, diplomatic outpost um, and, and, um, uh, you know, funneling those arms into those that were fighting Gaddafi. And that was uh, that was in contravention of the law. Uh, so there's yeah. that, and then, then, quite frankly, there's her the, the fact that she is utterly devoid of charm. Uh, she certainly didn't get any of that from her husband. Uh, he he had boatloads <laughs> full, to be sure. But uh, uh, well, do, do your best to rattle the cages from the Great North. <laughs> All right, Bud in Boston, and listen for us on WNTN 1550, which is where Howard Stern got his start back in 1975. A little bit of trivia there for you, Bud. Thank you for that. Back with more open lines here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sennett. All right, welcome back. Open lines. And I mentioned earlier I thought maybe there was something wrong with the uh, the phone lines. Uh, there is not. They are jammed. Uh, so as one caller drops off, you can try to get in on the action. Ed is in London tonight. Ed, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello. Hi there. Great. I'd like to make a comment on Donald Trump and then ask a question about Phil Marshall. All right. Uh, first of all, I think you're right when you pronounce the fact that he's in 
the, the higher he gets in the polls, the more in danger he's in. I did mention that a couple of weeks ago, and I, I tweeted as much. Uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that he makes sure. I really want not. You know, I'm not wishing ill on the man. I'm, I'm actually. Uh, uh, truth be told, uh, very uh, I'm more than amused by him. But uh, anyway, I, I don't want anything bad to happen. But he really needs to be careful. Yes, and I'm thinking if he's from New York, and uh, with the anniversary of 9/11, if he starts asking questions about that, that might be uh, compounding his troubles. You could be right. That's true. Although I I, I don't see Donald Trump as a 9/11 truther. I could be wrong, but we right. shall see. Well, and you wanted to speak thing about? I want to talk about his poor Phil Marshall. Phil Marshall, the author of The Big Bamboozle, uh, who um, I, I, I met on several occasion, uh, occasions, and then, of course, um, a couple of years ago, he, um, we are told, uh, shot his two teenage children before taking his own life, and there's a great deal of controversy about that. He was a former United Airlines uh, pilot, uh, and some have suggested that um, he was suicided uh, in order to silence him. Let's, let, you know, think about it. There's no better way to discredit someone uh, than to turn them into a murderer and then, you know, uh, they take, they're, they're silenced by their own hands. So, anyway, what do you, what do you make of the whole Phil Marshall? Oh, well, it sounds uh, very event? curious. Mm-hmm, indeed. Sounds yeah. typical of uh, someone who knows something and wants to talk about it to come into a... A sad end. Have you read Phil's book? No, I uh, listened to your interview a couple of times uh, you had with him. I tried to get the book, but it's now up to $300. Is that right? Uh, gone from $5 to 300 Oh, boy. I've got... Uh, I don't uh, know why I don't have a second edition, but... Uh, I've got an autographed copy sitting on my fantastic. desk somewhere. Uh, why haven't we had a follow-up program about him? Are we going to just leave him uh, die in vain, or...? Well, I um, I know that a couple weeks after I learned of his death, I played that interview again. Yes, I heard it. Yeah, I really don't know what's going on in that investigation. I know there were some people who took it upon themselves to look into it. I don't know how far they got. One of the things I heard, and I don't know that if this is fact or fiction, uh, was that uh, the the murder weapon was supposedly found in Phil's hand, but he, it was the wrong hand. Friends said he was right-handed and it was in his left hand or, or the other way around. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that I knew him that well. I, as I say, we met uh, in Santa Monica for, uh, for the TV show, which that episode um, hopefully will air at some point. Um, and um, he, you can never really tell, of course, but he just seemed like such a calm, thoughtful a decent person, no inkling whatsoever that he would be capable of something like this. And the well, interesting autopsies on the internet, and it, ah, it's quite convincing about uh, him being bipolar and all kinds of uh, amazing things. <laughs> it's possible. I don't know if it's to be believed or not, though. Yeah, I, like I say, I don't know him. Here's the interesting thing. Yeah. I think I may have mentioned this. Um, I wonder if we get Cyril Wecht turned on to this thing. If he gets a hold of something, uh, Cyril Wecht, yes. That's the guy. Here's the interesting thing. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this on the air, but after I found out about uh, Phil's uh, uh, death and the horrible uh, tragedy and uh, taking his, his two teenage children as well, uh, I immediately, and this is something I do, uh, uh, maybe it's, you know, it's kind of morbid, but I always go, when someone I know passes away, I go into my email to see when our last correspondence was. Right. Uh, and I, re- I had remembered that uh, Phil and I had been on the email back and forth maybe three or four times uh, several months prior. 
And um, I went to look for them. I, now, I'm someone, I do not delete emails. I do not delete emails, ever. I went to look for that thread. It was gone. Hmm? Gone. And I always thought, why, that's kind of strange. That's kind of strange. Yeah. Hey, Ed, uh, thanks for the call. Thanks for checking in from London. I'm waving to keep his memory alive. I would like to see the media on the the topic. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to look. If you happen to know of anyone, if you see anything online about an investigation, send me an email and we'll try to do a show. We should. We should do a follow-up on that. I think so. Thank you. All right. Thank you for uh, for that, Ed, in London. Quick timeout. Back with uh, more of your calls here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right. Uh, further to the, uh, the call from uh, London asking about Philip... Marshall, the late Philip Marshall, and uh, he, he mentioned uh, the autopsies online, and they, they said that uh, Phil had uh, uh, bipolar disorder. I didn't know that. Uh, it is, I'd, I'd be curious to know when he had been diagnosed with that, because he was an airline, he was a pilot for United Airlines. And uh, I don't think had he been uh, diagnosed with that, he would have been allowed to fly. I could be wrong. However, we will try to do a follow-up show on, uh, on, on Philip Marshall. And if you haven't uh, read The Big Bamboozle, you really ought to. Uh, although, according to uh, our friend in London, on Amazon, it now, or eBay, or wherever, it sells upwards uh, to uh, $300. And it's, it's not a very thick book. It's just a, a small little paperback. All right. Uh, Andrew is in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Andrew, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Oh, well, and thank you for having us on. Um, I wanted to bring up, uh, Jade Helm 15. Um, yeah, we haven't heard a lot to... about that. We haven't heard much about that lately. Yeah, well, and it's officially over, and I wanted to just, uh, see if anybody in your audience, uh, has anything that they would want to say about it. Here in Colorado, um, in Denver area, we've actually seen, <clears throat> It still seems like it's still going on, you know, uh, helicopters moving around and <laughs> a few convoys here and there. It's quite strange. Well, I, um, um, I, I, I certainly I didn't I have to be honest, I didn't buy into the uh, hype that this was some going to be some sort of precursor to martial law. I, uh, I, I never believed that. Uh, I do think that uh, Joel Skousen, who's been on the program uh, a fair bit from World Affairs Brief, I believe he is onto something when he suggests that uh, Jade 15, uh, Jade Helm 15, is uh, it's part of a continuum, continuum, and that is the idea is to condition uh, people uh, to a military presence. Uh, so who knows? Maybe next year we'll see uh, a similar operation that lasts a little bit longer, that's a little bit more visible, and maybe there'll be sort of this gradual ratcheting up of this military presence. Yeah, that's a very good observation. Um, and if I could, uh, I would like to change gears for just a moment, and I would like to ask you a question about uh, different dimensions. Well, uh, I mean, we know they exist. I'm not sure what the count is, but theoretical physicists, I know at one time they were talking about up to 12 additional dimensions. Um, so I don't know where we're at now. But I, I, yes, as, and as someone who... Uh, I do believe in a, uh, a spiritual world, a spirit world, an unseen world. 
so I do believe in, in the existence of other realms, if you want to call them an angelic realm or a demonic realm. I suppose uh, heaven and hell could be uh, seen as, uh, as some sort of a dimension. Uh, I don't pretend to be an expert on what they look like or, you know, where they are. But uh, to answer your question, yes, I believe in the existence of hyper dimensions or, or, uh, or realms, if you will. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I've looked into, it's called M theory and it's kind of like the dimensions are like a sliced loaf of bread. So you can't necessarily, it's not easy to cross from one slice of bread to the next, but together it's a whole. Interesting. That's an interesting, uh, sort of metaphor. I liken it to, uh, standing over a, a koi pond, you know, a goldfish pond. And um, now it's, this doesn't exactly work because goldfish are, you know, they, they are able to sort of perceive us up above and they can look up. But imagine they're swimming around and they really have no idea that we're looking down on them. And all of a sudden we stick our finger down into the pond. And when that finger breaks the surface of the water, uh, I'm wondering, you know, the fish must be thinking, well, where did that come from? You know, what is that? And, and to me, I mean, we're in another dimension, uh, and they're not aware of our dimension. So to me, that is, I think, what's really going on, and that explains a lot of paranormal activity. It's something happening from an, in another dimension, uh, reaching into our dimension, interacting with our dimension, and we perceive that as a ghost or as a UFO or what have you. Well, that is great, and I really appreciate your opinions, and thank you so much for all your work. We really love listening to you from Colorado. All right, Andrew. Now, uh, this isn't Andrew McAllister, is it? Yes, sir, it is. Andrew McAllister. How is that young son of yours, Caleb, doing? He is doing great, and he's running around right now. Ah, uh, Well, please uh, give him a big hug for me. Uh, this is uh, um, Andrew and his uh, lovely wife reached out to me uh, quite a while ago, and they have a young son, Caleb, who has been uh, battling cancer. And I mentioned uh, he's uh, apparently my... My biggest, littlest fan out there, and uh, uh, he's up late, isn't he? He's a, he must be just a, a real ball of energy. Yes, yes, he is, and he's a night owl, and if possible, can, can you say hi? Is he there, Calum? Hey. Hello there, Calum. How you doing? <laughs> he wanted to do a shout-out, so <laughs> All right. thank you very much. My pleasure, Andrew, and all the best to you and yours. Yes. All right. You're in my we'll thoughts and you're in my thoughts and prayers, young Calum, uh, fighting cancer. Oh, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Right. Uh, and by all accounts, uh, Calum is whipping cancer's ass. So that's a great, uh, great, great news. All right. Uh, who do we have next? It's uh, Tony in Toronto. Tony, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hi, Richard. Uh, I'm glad that you have open lines because I've always wanted to. Uh, Express the simple opinion because there are a lot of people who, for some reason, jump to conclusions just because, uh, you know, uh, they believe uh, just that uh, the universe is so big, therefore there's got to be other civilizations out there. And I'm thinking simply this. If there is all kinds of civilizations out there, why is the devil spending so much time here? And that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, well, I, goodbye, Tony. It's the Fermi uh, paradox, right? If if the universe is teeming with intelligent life, then where are they? Um, well, some would say, well, they're here. They they are among us. Uh, and uh, you know, I I'm again, 
probably in the minority on this, but I do believe we are unique in the universe, in this physical universe. I'm not talking about other uh, dimensions, but I think we are alone. I really do. We are unique. Um, that's not to say that there aren't interdimensional uh, beings interacting here. I, I certainly believe that to be a very, very real possibility. Uh, let's see. Duke is, uh, we don't know, Duke is in parts unknown. Duke, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? How are you doing, Richard? Very well, sir. Where are you calling from, Duke? Scarborough. 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 All yeah. right. Now, we want to talk about Trump. All right. I, uh, I don't believe he's going to get elected. And, uh, you know now, when you say, do you believe he'll get the nomination, or he won't no, get? No, he uh, won't get that the either. Two guys you have to watch, watch out with: Bernie uh, Sanders, and uh, what's the other guy? The second guy, I forget his name. Uh, well, Bernie Sanders is the Democrat, and uh, he's, he's got. Yeah. He's and narrowing the, the gap on Hillary, but he's certainly, if he's going to get the Democratic nomination, he's got a long ways to go. Well, there's another guy. What's his name? Ben Carson. Uh, yes, the the retired neurosurgeon. I'm a, I'm a, I got to be honest. I'm a big fan of Ben Carson. Well, okay, both of the uh, Bernie Sanders is Jewish, right? He is. And Ben Car- and, and Ben Carson is also. They're both Sabbath wor- uh, worshippers, right? Ben Carson. Well, I don't know uh, what. I know Ben Carson is a Sabbath worshipper. Okay. A lot of Sabbath worshippers are mad at him because uh, he's a conservative, kind of don't care about the poor. But uh, well, that's certainly not. Uh, well, he he certainly does care about the poor. I mean, he rose from uh, incredible poverty. Uh, yeah. Hold on for that call. All right. I'm not sure Duke went to put the cat out or something, but uh, are you there, Duke? The thing with these guys are two Sabbath worshippers. Those are the guys you have to watch out for. I think that I don't think... I'm not following. What is it? What is worshipping or or uh, following the Sabbath? Uh, The Sabbath worshippers are worshipping on the uh, Saturday. The original, like, in the days of... uh, Right. No, I understand. It's I understand. They worship on, and both uh, Ben Carson is a Sabbath worshiper. He, wor- he worship on a Saturday, and so is Bernie. I think Bernie Sanders is Jewish, and he worship on a Saturday. Well, I don't. I think I'm not sure if, if I think Bernie Sanders has has proclaimed himself to be uh, an agnostic or an atheist. I'm not 100 well, okay, percent sure. But he's about a root that. of uh, Sabbath, of the uh, of the. Okay, so race that worship on a Saturday, right? Yeah. Well, listen. I don't know where you're going with that, Duke. But well, I, I'm going to say that. Uh, be, because of this, right? Uh, I think uh, I think they're going to be a religious leader, kind of getting in there. I, I think uh, uh, I don't think there's going to be any other uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, person going to be in there anymore. I, it's, I just have a theory. I just have a feeling. All right. Well, I don't. Be, yeah. Not being, it's nothing to do with race. It's just to do that. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, people that are. Uh, of different nominations of different nationalities are going to get it. I think the, uh, the what happened. I think America has a crisp of, of all the stuff they've, they've been discriminating a lot of people. But uh, I well, just think those two guys are you going to have to watch. Well, I am watching Ben Carson with great interest. Uh, yeah, now he's a Seventh Day Adventist, but um, uh, well, as I say, I Bernie Sanders is 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 an atheist, yeah, so he's very secular. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, Donald Trump has. Uh, has proclaimed himself to be Protestant, Presbyterian. I don't know, uh, um, you know, 
how uh, how faithful he is, but he he says that he's a he's a churchgoer and believes in the Bible and so forth. Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, I really do not see him getting the nomination. Uh, he's closing the gap on Hillary, but he's still about ten points behind. I don't think Hillary's going to get it. I think Joe Biden or Al Gore or someone is going to enter the race. Uh, Duke, appreciate the call in Scarborough. Do we have time for no, one okay, more? I'm just going to say, look at Hillary. She's got a mess right now. Trump, something might okay. happen. Yeah, he, something might happen. Yes, but uh, no, Hillary. Yeah, she she's uh, she's got a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Do we have time for one more quick one? Let's say it's 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 unknown in Toronto, unknown caller. Hello there. Hello. Um, it's good to hear your show. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm uh, tuned in tonight because I've been watching the news uh, all day to get some insight into what's happening in Mecca. Uh, right. We mentioned earlier the crane that fell at the Grand Mosque uh, collapsed and killed uh, 107 people. Yeah. And there's uh, not just the crane collapsing uh, in Mecca. Uh, coincidentally, the uh, government in Egypt has uh, switched hands. And also this weekend... Well, wait a second. Uh, wait a second. I'm not hearing that this. Did this just happen? Are you saying that Morsi has been overthrown in Egypt? Uh, he uh, handed the government over to the president, and the president is uh, appointing a temporary government. Yes, that was it. That was in uh, this morning's uh, paper. All right. I am not seeing anything uh, uh, on there about that. Uh, in fact, the the latest report uh, dated August. Uh, oh no, this is this is old. I'm not getting There's any news. a corruption news. scandal. Uh, one getting... of the ministers was asked to uh, resign or did resign, okay. and has been arrested. All right. And I mean, corruption in Egypt—that's so rare. That's very—it's uh, it, so commonplace that it, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that. All this right. is being affected right now. Okay, I've yeah. got to run. I've got that music uh, coming, which means uh, we have to, uh, to split. Sorry we didn't get to your call. I'm going to look into that because uh, I'm not getting any uh, updated news here online about Morsi in Egypt. All right. Uh, we will look into that for sure. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. The website, strangeplanet.ca. And as always, follow the truth. <laughs>